Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Diagnosing a Killer. I'm Coel. And I'm Kenna. Oh my god. <laughs> Ouch, it's already happening again. Mm. I feel like the last three episodes. I just, just like... Uh, uh. just that time of year you know it is you get sick all the time the weather's changing so much especially mm-hmm. down here it's like yeah. we get rain, rain. <laughs> we get rain the sunshine freaking humidity fog all on the same day it's yeah. just we've been we've been struggling i think I, I took a test yesterday i talked to franklin frankie today she said that she's dealing with a cold yeah you were dealing with a cold have been dealing with a cold my son was dealing with a bunch of stuff, too. Poor kid. He just wasn't well for, mm-hmm. like, an entire week and a half. Just a lot. It's just awful. And I was telling you guys yesterday, <clears throat> excuse me, that I went to work, and I have a giant cold sore on my lip, which I get every time I get sick, but mine get, like, really bad, so it looks like <laughs> I have a busted lip. I scratched myself in the face somehow when I was sleeping, so I have, like, a scratch above my eye, or next to my eye, and then I, I'm also sick, so I literally yeah. look like I just got in a bar fight the night before. <laughs> I look hungover and beat up. Which is not atypical. I mean, I've <laughs> been in a few. <laughs> no, no, no. We're that not violent people. That ain't me. <laughs> nah, that ain't me. Nah, that ain't me. <sighs> well, hello, everybody. Welcome back. Really quickly, our handles are at Diagnosing at Killer at any social media platform other than X, which is at Killer Diagnosis. You guys have been so sweet to email us regularly right yeah. now, and it's just... I know it's because of our little hiatus. It's adorbs. It's really adorbs. And also, just to mention before I do get into some of these DMs and emails, we have a new little thing that we decided to do because of our good friend and listener, Lisa. She made us these really, really cute friendship bracelets, so we decided to make our own friendship bracelets at the request of you guys. I think they're like, what, $5 a piece? And just order the order form is on our link tree. If you want to personalize one, we'll be happy to make that to you and send it. We have a bunch of different colors, a bunch of different phrases and stuff that you can choose from. Yeah, just give us kind of a a base idea of what you might be looking for or a catchphrase, and we will customize one for you. Absolutely. It'll be unique to you, friend. Yeah, so super quickly, I did just want to mention a couple of comments that we've gotten. We got one email and one DM from some very lovely people. So the Instagram DM is from Steph. And she said, you two just made my life. First off, I love true crime and just started following and listening to you guys since the follow request. I love your voices already, lol, and how you tell the stories. Thank you for the follow, and you have a whole new fan. I'm listening to you guys literally all day. I will most definitely be telling my fellow true crime friends about you guys. Thanks, Steph. I know, it was really nice. It was so nice. I always respond, and I always say that I always respond, (laughs) but I really appreciate it. It's nice to find a new follower, and I was telling her, I'm like, You know, sometimes we follow people that follow similar accounts because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of true crime podcasts out there and it's hard to find a new one. Yeah. So putting our name out there that way helps us gain listeners that would have otherwise loved us if they had the chance to find us. Yeah. I think that especially after the convention, the festival, I think we really did come to an understanding that this is a community of people Mm -hmm. and nobody's trying to steal listeners everybody's trying to grow listeners right so like it's a lot it's a lot of fun i don't feel like it's super competitive yeah i completely agree so thanks for that lovely message steph and we hope that you get excited when you hear your name on the episode (laughs) because you've been listening to us 
Lastly, we do have an email from a Joanna, and Joanna was one of our listeners that <laughs> kind of noticed that we were on a little bit of a hiatus. I was telling Coel that, well, we haven't even talked about it yet, what? but we're doing moving forward. We're just, <laughs> we're just talking about it over <laughs> here. We're doing it. Let's talk about that. Go ahead and talk about it, and then I'll read the email. So... I'm sure everyone is aware or has noticed that we have cut back down on our posts per week. We were doing mental breakdown Mondays and then bringing you a case on Thursdays, so twice a week. And then you also have those bonus Patreon episodes released on the 29th of every month. With that being said, given that Kenna is in her master's program right now, and I've been accepted to St. Mary's University starting in the spring, and I am currently also in school right now as well. Just with that, um, we've been very, very busy. We're also trying to bring you newer, deeper content, like we now have a YouTube channel. If nobody's seen, follow us on YouTube. So moving forward, we have decided throughout the holiday season to give you guys a little bit of a break and us a little bit of a break since mental health is very important to all of us and all of us as a community as well, Mm -hmm. that we are going to be posting interesting topics for our mental breakdown on our Instagram account. That'll be every Monday. And there are really cool articles that Kenna and I have read. And we're just like, this is such a neat idea. This Mm -hmm. isn't something that we've ever thought about before, something we've never heard of. So we'll bring you that content so that you guys can, you know, have something to read or read up on. A different article, of course, that's not going to be an article that we've created, but mm-hmm. it'll be things like Psychology Today, um, very renowned uh, articles and and things like that, scholarly yeah. articles and stuff. So that's good content every Monday. And then we're doing every other Thursday for our cases, and then we're still going to bring you that Patreon exclusive on the 29th every month. Yeah, the Patreon episodes aren't going anywhere. The reason mostly being for the every other case on Thursday is because we have a lot of really great content out right now, and we really want to emphasize the content that we have. And I think this is the perfect time to do that because, Mm -hmm. again, holiday season, we're both very busy with school. You guys are also very busy. It's not just us. It's the Mm -hmm. listeners. You know, we don't want to overwhelm anyone with content, you guys or ourselves. And we do want to be able to get our listen count up, maybe build that following, more following. And then by the time the new year comes, we have all this exciting stuff to release. Absolutely. And yes, we will be continuously writing in the background. Mm -hmm. But that deadline doesn't have to be so harsh. (laughs) And, you know, Kenna and I have both been, like I said earlier in the episode, on and off sick. And I think... Some of it might have to do with the fact that we're just highly stressed right now. Oh, absolutely. And, and with the with the con, you know, like we said mm-hmm. this on the episode, we told so many people, yeah, we do two episodes a week, and everyone looked at us like we just invented fire. They were like, <laughs> what? Yeah. How? Like, yeah. how are you doing that? Mm-hmm. On top of full-time jobs, on top of being a, par- a parent, on top of school. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. Yeah. And we need to make sure that we are focusing on our mental health so that we can give you guys the best content. For sure, yeah. We don't want any more of this kind of feeling like we have to postpone certain things because we're not feeling well and Mm -hmm. again i'm i'm a total believer in like mind body follows mind Mm -hmm. you know and so when mentally we're not really taking care of ourselves i believe that your immunities go down i feel like you're just more susceptible to not feeling well either mentally or physically so we really appreciate you guys and your understanding in that and we're still going to bring you content 
And again, we're going to be doing writing in the background. That way, come the new year, we're going to hit it hard and uh, we're really excited. But we won't be so overwhelmed because we'll have things in advance. We will, absolutely. (laughs) So keep sending in your recommendations, guys. And thank you so much for the listeners that are listening today. I know that we had some people reach out to us that said, look, I haven't seen content being posted. Are you guys okay? So really, like, thank you guys for, because we didn't think anyone was going to (laughs) notice. We're like, nobody's going to (laughs) notice. We were like, no one listens to us. Just Louie. And that is also the reason, if this is your first time listening for the long intro, usually we do not talk this much in the beginning of an episode, but we had a lot to say because we haven't been here for a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. So just the very last thing, I am going to read this email from Joanna, and then we will get into this case. So Joanna says, hello. Firstly, I love the show. I've been listening since I discovered it several months ago, and I've already listened to every episode. That's impressive. (laughs) She said, I almost emailed you last week because I haven't gotten a new episode since September 11th, and I wanted to check in to make sure everything is okay with you all. I'm also a motherhead type that way, lol. (laughs) Today I finally checked Instagram. I'm not on that too much. It looks like there have been episodes since September 11th. Do you know if there's a reason I would not get them on Spotify? Thank you for all you do. I tell everyone about your podcast. Love you. Bye. So that was really sweet, and we did a little back-and-forth emailing because we were super excited that we got reached out to by someone that we don't know, and they were checking on us, which Mm -hmm. is really great. I was like, do you want a free bracelet? I'm giving you a free bracelet. (laughs) (laughs) And also, shout-out to Joanna because she noticed that she we had told her that we were taking some time off, kind of explained it. Mm-hmm. She was actually the first to know, <laughs> the first listener to know. She about was. This. She was the first listener to know. And we explained it, and she responded saying, "You know, I was really hoping that you guys were taking some time off to focus on yourselves, and that was really awesome because, like, so nice. We're just friends. Like everyone's yeah. just a friend here, so that's so great. <laughs> and also, shout out to Joanna once again because she did join the Patreon, and that's our newest Patreon member. So yeah. thank you very much for that." And I know that she was eager to hear those bonus episodes as well. She got a triple shout out. She did. <laughs> Thanks, Joanna. Joanna. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> okay. All right. I think that's all of our business. You think so? I think. Hmm. I'll probably think of something later. There's probably something else to discuss. I'm I excited know- for your Patreon episode. Oh, yeah. We, well, I'll, I'll announce it at the end of this episode. Yes. Even though it's kind of like late because it's coming out, a day, I think, a day after this comes yeah. out. But still. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We usually do that a week in advance. We do, but we wouldn't reveal it. But I am just as excited as the listeners, I'm assuming, to hear what you have, because it has been a couple weeks since I've heard a story, too. Well, we usually post on the Instagram a week before. You know, it's been stressful. Just go ahead. It's been (laughs) stressful. Just just shut up. Get on with it. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Today, we are going to talk about Lisa Montgomery. Okay. All right. I feel like I always go, okay. okay. I have no idea what you're I talking I know. About. Sometimes when you do that, I think, I know this person. I have to know this person. And then halfway through, I'm like, I think I know this person. But then at the end, I'm like, I didn't know that I did person. I not know that case at all. <laughs> I didn't know that case at all. Content warning. This episode depicts descriptions of sexual assault, rape, animal abuse, alcohol and drug use, and emotional and mental abuse at the hands of a parent and a spouse. If this episode is not for you, we encourage you to check out any one of our other episodes. Remember that your mental health comes first, and we love you. Love Love you. you. Bye. So Lisa Montgomery was born on February 27th, 1968 in Melbourne, Kansas. Lisa's mother, Judy, I think it's Shaughnessy? 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 Shaughnessy. O'Shaughnessy. Hennessy. Like Hennessy, yeah. O'Shaughnessy. (laughs) O'Shaughnessy. Principal O'Shaughnessy? Shaughnessy. Yeah, I think it's Shaughnessy. Either way, she was 20 when Lisa was born. Her father was 25-year-old John Patterson, who was in the military and had a history of alcoholism. 
Unfortunately, Lisa's mother had also begun struggling with alcohol use for some time before Lisa was conceived, and Judy would continue to drink while pregnant with Lisa. Lisa would be born with permanent brain damage and diagnosed with fetal alcohol syndrome as a result. Oh my god. Already not off to a good start. Horrific start. Already, already not to a good start. Like, coming into this world, and you have no, obviously, no fucking say in this. You don't. Coming into this world, like, addicted, essentially. Mm Mm-hmm. That's so awful. From the get-go, things were not okay in the household, like we just said. Lisa's sister, Diane, who was four years older, and John's from a previous relationship, would describe the household as something like a torture house. She said that from an early age, as long as she can remember, Judy would beat the girls with whatever was close to her at the time of her frequent outbursts. What's like, going on with Judy? The mother? Yeah, she's just an alcoholic. She's an alcoholic. Oh, not just an alcoholic. <laughs> she's, she's just, just an, an alcoholic. She's just an alcoholic. Jeez, like a raging alcoholic. Just from the get. And I tried to look up, you know, of course, more stuff about Judy. We always want to try to give you guys the best amount of content, but nah. I looked up, I, I think her father was also an alcoholic and an abuser as well. The, what do we always say? The abuse cycle continues. Yep. It was said that some of Lisa's first words were, quote, don't spank me, mommy, end quote. Oh, my God. Ugh. I just got heaves. Oh, I just got heaves. Oh, that's awful. Her first words. That is so awful. As well as physical abuse the girls experienced, Diane would recall that oftentimes Judy would strip her naked, Diane, and force her to stay outside in the cold while locking the door behind her. This is the other child? This is, the, yeah, John's from a previous mm-hmm. relationship. And she's, I don't know what age she is at this point, but yeah. somewhere between four and eight, I think. Oh my God. That's I want to say. Judy would say things to Diane while she was outside about how her biological mom abandoned her and that she wasn't wanted by either household. So she's out in the cold nude. And this is by neighbors' accounts. Neighbors saw this happen. And often. what do the neighbors do? called the cops but the cops didn't do anything no oh interesting judy would tape lisa's mouth shut even as a toddler at an early age lisa learned not to cry in order to regulate her breathing and concentrate her concentrate on her emotions Mm -hmm. in order to not hyperventilate because as as like a toddler as like a toddler she was probably like i i don't even want to say how early this started because i'm not really sure but yeah it was a regular occurrence that is since she was a little baby. I mean, there's no other way to put it. That's fucking horrible ne- neglect and abuse. And abuse. So yeah, when Judy would put the tape over Lisa's mouth, she would, like, when she'd start crying, she would have to control her breathing because her nose would get stopped up, like, mm-hmm. full of snot, and she wouldn't be able to breathe. So she had to like learn to, like, if she was started to cry, that that tape came out, she had to stop crying. Like, you're That's teaching so your child to push their emotions down. Oh, so, yeah, like, obviously we know why she her name is the name of the episode. Yeah. That's so fucked up. Judy would often force the girls to eat raw onions for punishment, especially since Diane hated onions. Like, one time Diane was like, oh, I hate onions. And f- ever since then, Judy would force feed them onions. She's like, let's just use this. Do you think that Judy, like, really didn't want kids and that's why she drank so much when she was pregnant? Maybe. I think that... I don't know. I feel like... uh, It gets so much worse. (laughs) Okay, just keep going. It gets so much worse. I think that uh, Judy probably self-medicated with alcohol quite often, and I think it probably got to a point to where her brain was damaged. Mm -hmm. Because, again, she does some, like, really fucking horrific shit. Mm. 
Judy also would use cold showers in the winter as a form of punishment as well. Oh, my God. Because the house would get really cold. It wasn't very well insulated. John was often in and out of the house, as the couple would often engage in physical fights in front of the two girls. On one occasion, in an effort to keep the girls from harm and seemingly had had enough of Judy's shit, John took the children, but would eventually come back, and I'm not entirely sure why, maybe out of fear of prosecution or guilt from keeping the kids from her mother, from their mother's mother. She's not a mother. She's not a mother. Mother. However, John himself would eventually leave shortly after dropping the girls off for the Vietnam War, but I'm pretty sure he enlisted on purpose, is my opinion. Hmm. So let me just get myself fucking out of here and just leave the kids with the mom. With a, a woman who's clearly abusing them. Yeah. Shortly after John left, Judy began to date various men. Mm. Diane and Lisa shared a bedroom, and their beds were pretty close together as they kind of had, like, a two twin beds in, like, a very small room. And by the time that Lisa was four and Diane was eight, one of Judy's boyfriends began regularly raping Diane at night while Lisa watched. Oh, my God, at eight years old. Thankfully, someone did contact Child Protective Services after some time, and Diane would be removed from the home. However, Lisa was left behind. Oh, they're not raping her she just had to watch so she's fine she's she can fine. stay yeah what the fuck like nobody's gonna victimize her if they were they would have done it already unclear whether or not this man was arrested for that by the way oh my god that's fucking annoying so again she was lisa was now left alone to be further victimized by judy and the slew of men that she was dating mm-hmm. by age 11 judy remarried a man by the name of jack kleiner Jack Kleiner had already fathered many children and would eventually have eight in total with various different women. Jesus. And was described as a mean drunk, just to say the least, because, again, it gets worse. Jack would begin to sexually assault Lisa quickly after living in the home and would also allow his friends to come over to sexually assault the young girl. Why do people fucking do that? That's so Why weird. Why do... We've heard that I mean, so many weird. times. It's disgusting. Sorry. It's, it's, it's weird. That's really... That's a bit odd. That's so odd. Why? Like, I don't understand that. Like, how many fucked up people are there in the world that they're like... They all oh, found yeah, each other? Over, yeah, come over and sexually assault my daughter that I've been doing that for years. And they're not like, no. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, yo, this sounds like a fun time. That sounds like a fun time. Or bring the beer. Like, Ew. So again, yeah, Judy, I mean, Judy, Lisa is 11 at this point. So once Judy found this out, that her husband, Jack, was sexually assaulting her daughter, Judy actually held her own daughter at gunpoint, calling Lisa a slut and blamed Lisa for coming under her husband. Oh my God. Oh my God. She's like 11 and 12 at this point. Uh, Yeah. I have literally no words. However, Judy would eventually begin to charge men to rape Lisa and would tell Lisa that it's her way of helping out with the bills. Oh, my God. It's disgusting. Oh, my God. Sometimes Judy would pay handymen who would work on the house by allowing them to rape Lisa for housework, like re-roofing and shit. Again. Plumbing. How are you finding all of these people that are willing to fucking do this? They're just disgusting. And this is what I'm saying. Like, this is such a horrific case, and nobody did anything. There was so many people that had an opportunity to say, no, I'm not going to rape your fucking daughter. No, I'm not going to do that. In fact, I'm going to fucking report you because it's disgusting. What the fuck? 
Oftentimes, these assaults would include beating, raping, and even urinating on the girl. That's fucking horrible. A lot of these beatings resulted in many instances of brain injuries and trauma as well. Oh my god, Because brain it was injuries? so severe. I mean, yeah. she's little, too. She's little. Ugh. And she already has brain damage from when she was born. Yeah. It's like... This was such a frequent occurrence that Jack actually built a shed on the property with the express purpose of raping and beating Lisa and allowing other men to as well. Jack and Judy would go on to have Lisa's brother, Teddy, who also remembers the hostile household. He later recounted in court that Judy, in a rage, had actually beaten and killed the family dog in front of the children with a shovel. Although he couldn't really recount why Judy did this, other than he believed that it was a fear tactic to control the children. Like, like let me just, let me just kill the dog. This dog that has nothing to do with anything. It has nothing to do with anything. Doesn't even understand what the fuck's happening. And it's not like Teddy said, oh, I remember the dog pissing and peeing everywhere, which it probably was, because, I mean, let's be honest, what kind of a household are we talking about here? That's true, but that's not a fucking excuse. But it's excuse. not an excuse. But she clearly doesn't give a shit about her kids, so why is she going to care about a dog? Essentially... Teddy had said something about his mother always wanting to crush any bit of happiness her children possibly could have had. And that's what he accredits that to. That? That the dog was a good dog. And an escape for the children. And she was, I guess, losing control over the kids, so she decided to kill the dog. In front of them. This Judy should have gotten treatment. She's the worst fucking time ago. The worst Judy. Have you ever heard of Best Judy? Mm-mm. It's like a RuPaul thing, where RuPaul Charles says, uh, like, your best Judy. I think it's in reference to Judy Garland. Ah! Oh. <laughs> Mom and Dad cleaned out the closet, so I don't know if it's echoey in here. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, like, like, nothing else in here. <laughs> I know. We're going to have to put sound pads. <laughs> yeah, but she's the worst Judy. That is absolutely horrendous. And I'm, I'm the listener's probably like, yeah, can we get it? It's horrible, because I've said it, like, 20 it is, times. It's disgusting. But no, it, it, I don't have nothing else to say about that. Jack was notorious in the neighborhood as a pervert and pedophile. This is the, the new husband. dad. The new husband. The new, the new dad. Oh, yeah. No, I'm the sorry. Dad, not a dad. dad the of, new piece of shit that's well, living in there. And dad right of there. Teddy and oh. Diane's yes. gone, yes, right? Yes. Child, protective ser- blah, blah, blah. Child Protective Services. So it's Lisa and Teddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Jack, um, well, Jack already has eight total kids or some shit. He's fertile myrtle over here. Disgusting. That's disgusting. I wanted to say that earlier, but it wasn't going to fit the context. No, it did. (laughs) Neighbors across the street would file complaints against Jack, who would often wake up early on Sunday mornings, head to the front yard, and masturbate as the family would pile into their vehicle in order to head to church. He'd just be whacking it in the front yard with a robe on. Come again. Um, ew, wait, what, in the, wh- why? The, ch- they had young children, I guess. He was notorious oh, for being a pedophile. His family wasn't going to church. No, no, I no. thought you were saying he, that he would walk no, out with neighbor. his family no. while they were all going to get the car and he would jack it to his family. <laughs> his own, well, gross. I mean, he would. No, he would, he would wake up on, early on Sunday morning to watch the neighbors across the street get into their van and go to church. And he would whack it in the front and yard? And he'd be beating off in the front yard watching them go, just to be gross. Well, not just to be gross, but I'm sure he got off on the, the there kids. There are much better ways to spend your Sunday morning. Like sleeping in? Like sleeping in, exactly. <laughs> Instead so of being gross. a fucking 
pedo, pedo, pe- pedo and a, a pedophile. The police did nothing about these incidents, even after multiple phone calls about Jack's behavior. That's... Well, remember we talked about... Like, well, he's on his property, so... On you know, kind of shit. Par- paraphilic disorders? <laughs> I'm not yeah. laughing about that. Come on, just cross, cross, cross her eyes. <laughs> cross her eyes. Um, the episode we did on paraphilic disorders, one of the disorders is whacking it to someone that... Give the excitement of someone seeing you. Yeah, that's true. And that's probably what this probably. guy fucking has. Or yeah. one of the many fucking things that this guy has. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This guy's awful. Even Lisa's cousin, who was in law enforcement, knew of the assaults and sexually driven offenses, but chose not to say anything or do anything. Do you think that he also assaulted her, though? And that's why? I don't know. I, I, from all accounts, it seems like he was, like, a kind of stand-up dude. Jack? No, not Jack. Oh. <laughs> the cu- this is Lisa's cousin, who was in law enforcement, knew of her being abused and didn't say anything. I thought... I thought that Lisa's cousin was a female. That's why I said that. Do you think oh. that she, the cousin didn't say anything because the cousin was sexually abused? But if the cousin is male, I think it's a male I mean, that cousin. doesn't mean that he couldn't have also been a victim. That's true. However, it yeah. seems like Teddy is not being sexually assaulted and Lisa is. So, Well, yeah. Teddy never came out and expressly said that. But yeah. clearly there's opportunities for physical abuse and stuff for like sure, that For sure, absolutely. Well. But no, yeah. that, that cousin should have definitely said something. Lisa also became addicted to cocaine at a young age, likely to deal with the abuse, and honestly, it was probably given to her by the men that assaulted her. Oh, of course. To keep her numb. Yeah, here, take this. <sighs> Judy would use Jack for everything that he was worth, which, you know, probably wasn't a lot. And when she realized that Jack was becoming broke, she decided to file for divorce from Jack and charge him with the assault and rape of her daughter, Lisa. Like, she's like, oh, I took all your money you don't have a lot of money, so I'm going to sue you. Essentially, I'm going to take you to court so that you have to have, pay some kind of a payout or some shit. I feel like this Jack guy would be the kind of person that's like, oh, I've been assaulting and raping her daughter for years, and she hasn't said anything, so you should charge her, too. Yeah. I'm already going down for fucking assault and rape. Might as well just, like, take her down, yeah. too, you know? Yeah, the shed was her idea. It's no secret that we value your mental health. So we are thrilled to announce that we are sponsored by BetterHelp to support you. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can access a network of over 30,000 licensed therapists with a wide range of specialties and be linked with the perfect match. Whether it's via text, chat, or video call, you can talk to your therapist when it works for you. When it comes to your mental health, BetterHelp is a convenient and affordable option for therapy. Get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com slash DAKPod. That's BetterHelp slash DAKPod for 10% off your first month. Judy testified against Jack, and although many in the court proceedings considered Judy to be cold and uncaring, ultimately Lisa protected her assailant, Jack, by lying to the court about the abuse. But she was petrified. Yeah. Like, I bet she was so fucking scared. They probably all threatened her life. Yeah. All the men. Yeah, her exactly. Mom. She did probably think, like, I don't know, you know? I mean, there's that... Yeah. She probably thought that she was doing what was right mm-hmm. for Jack, which is gross. Like, this is what She's everyone goes girl. through. Yeah. And this is just how life is. It's probably <sighs> what she was thinking. Lisa was to be enrolled into counseling after this event, but was eventually encouraged to leave the sessions after some time by her own mother. Of course. So this she didn't like, want the fucking truth coming out. Yeah, exactly. Jack was never charged with abuse or rape, although the divorce was granted and the two would split. So she's getting what she wants yet again. Yeah. Cool. But she probably gets alimony or some shit, too. Since she had three kids, now she has two. 
After this time, Lisa began looking for ways to escape her mother, and by the time she turned 18, she would join the military and escape, just like her father John did. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. (laughs) However, Judy had other plans for Lisa. She began forcing a relationship between Lisa and her own stepbrother, Carl. Lisa's stepbrother. Mm Mm-hmm. Carl was just as abusive as Jack and would often use Lisa's past trauma or sexual assault against Lisa, calling her used up and that no one would ever want her. So you might as well just marry me. Like, I'm your only option. I'm your only option. Nobody else is going to love you. That is fucked up. Because we're family. That, oh my god, that fucking sucks. Like, that breaks my heart. Carl would also begin raping Lisa, usually with inanimate objects. He would record these encounters on videotape and share them with his friends. And his friends weren't like, yo, that's your stepsister? And yeah. And that's also rape? Mm-hmm. No. This this just whole community is just people that are cool with rape and incest? Uh, apparently. Cool. It definitely sounds like a culture. Even Lisa's brother, Teddy, had seen one of these videos of his sister as Carl showed everyone. Lisa's humiliation in an attempt to control her. He tried to keep her feeling worthless and embarrassed, essentially. Oh, my God. Lisa and Carl would go on to have four children together over the years. What? Like, they were married. Like, they were together for four years. And she fucking stayed Or over the years, rather. Four I don't, kids. I honestly do not blame her for staying with him because she probably does not know any better. She doesn't know any better. She's, again, she was born with brain damage. Brain damage occurred many times during these assaults. She's probably herself is self, self-medicating with drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. at this point. She just thinks this is, again, this is how life is. This, this is, is just going to be my life. This is it for forever. It's like if you were born and somebody told you that the sky was green your whole life, you'd believe them, especially a parent, right? Mm-hmm. By the time that Lisa and Carl had their fourth child, Judy decided that Lisa would go on to have a tubal ligation. So Carl and Judy both decided for Lisa, you can't have any more children. Hmm. We're going to we're gonna tie our tubes. Okay. No more children. So they have full full control over her body. Over her body, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, so far have. that's no, all she's time. ever been taught is yeah. that her body does not belong to her. So yes, she went under uh, the procedure of tubal ligation, which is a surgery where your fallopian tubes are cut, blocked, or sealed off to prevent any further pregnancies. Mm. Lisa's mental state, which had already been deteriorating over the years from the physical abuse, began to worsen. She began to have delusions and further isolate herself from her own children. How old is she at this point? Um, she's probably in her 30s. So perfect time for a mental disorder to develop? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And within the, yeah, for sure. This is getting worse and worse as it goes on because I think her and Carl, you know, was that, it was about 17, 18 when her and Carl, I wouldn't, I don't even want to say got together because that sounds like it was a choice. forced together or she was forced with him. Yeah, when she was sold to him probably, which is, oh, it's so awful. So yeah, this would be over the course of about 10 years, I'm going to say, right? Because, you know, again, Carl and her were together when she was 18 and yes. Okay. So she would, like I said, experience delusions. She was involved in multiple car accidents. Hmm. She drank heavily and she began to engage in sex work to make money on the side as she couldn't keep a job down to her often erratic behavior. Okay. So again, like she's involved again, like the multiple car accidents, all this stuff, like she's drinking heavily, she's drugging, she can't keep down a job. She probably has no concept of a reality, honestly. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm also, I'm also over here thinking about, like, all of the mental disorders that develop in the late 20s and early 30s in mm-hmm. women. 
Lisa would eventually divorce her stepbrother, Carl, and eventually meet a new man by the name of Kevin. Kevin and Lisa seemed to be doing well, and Lisa yearned to give Kevin a baby. Lisa began to claim on multiple occasions that she was, in fact, pregnant. He didn't know about the procedure. No. But the pregnancies would always somehow end in a miscarriage. However, we all know that this was not possible at the time, as she had had her tubes tied. Lisa, now 36, desperately wanted a child, but was unable to conceive. One afternoon, Lisa and Kevin went to a dog show. Don't ask me why. I don't know anything. (laughs) I mean, unless the trauma of losing the dog made her a dog person. But this is, I was just like, oh, a dog show. That's kind of interesting. (laughs) Random. There, Lisa met 23-year-old Bobby Joe Stinnett, who, along with her husband, Zeb, ran a dog breeding business on the side. Mm. Lisa and Bobby Joe struck up a conversation, and when Bobby Joe mentioned that she was expecting, Lisa said that she, too, was pregnant. Shit. Bobby Joe was born December 4th, 1981, and she was an all-American type girl. She was very active in school and in cheerleading. In high school, she met the love of her life, which was Zeb Stennett. Bobby Joe was described as shy, kind, and loving, and a huge animal lover, and was excited to become a mom for the very first time. Zeb and Bobby Joe were saving up to purchase the couple's first home, and things seemed to be going well for the two. The two settled in Skidmore, Missouri, and started up a dog breeding business in order to make money, and Bobby Joe was very active in an online dog community forum. Mm-hmm. Once Bobby Joe met Lisa, the two discussed that they were both pregnant, and Bobby Joe told Lisa about the forum and encouraged her to reach out on the forum if she was ever interested in looking at a puppy for their new baby. Lisa hopped on the chance to get involved with the forum and constantly seeked validation from people on the forum regarding her pregnancy. She was sending everyone updates on her sonograms and even announced that she was pregnant with twins. In this dog forum? Yeah. That's hilarious. She's like, oh, yay, puppies, that's nice. I'm also pregnant. By the way. Talk talk about my pregnancy. Here's my sonogram from Google. After a month or so on the forum, Lisa announced that she had lost one of the twins. So sad. She continued to maintain her pregnancy story and began to buy maternity clothes and carried herself as if she was pregnant, like in her walk and stuff. Mm -hmm. For months, Lisa and Bobby Joe kept in contact, and eventually Lisa expressed her desire to purchase one of Bobby Joe's terrier puppies. I can see where this is going. Although she used the alias Darlene Fisher. (gasps) She wasn't like, yo, Bobby Joe, homie, I'm going to come over. It's me. It's it's me. It's it's Jessica. Todd Cree. It's (laughs) me. Auntie Kiss. It's me, Todd Cranes. I love that man. What a good bit. (laughs) Just what a good practical joke. I used to love Scott Disick. He was like my favorite character on that show. He used to be. Now everybody hates him. I like him. I think he's fine. I think he's a good dad. I think he was troubled for a long time and he's finally realized what's going on. Yeah. Anyway. The two would set a date in order for Darlene to pick up her new puppy. So, yeah, she was like, homegirl, it's not me, it's some mother chick. And then she's like, okay, cool. That wasn't me, that was Patricia. (laughs) That wasn't me, that was Patricia. On December 16th, 2004, Bobby Joe's mother was unable to reach her daughter in the afternoon. Oh, Jesus. Bobby Joe's mother found this strange as Bobby Joe was eight months pregnant and at this point rarely left the home. Zeb was at work and could not leave. He had not heard from his wife either. Neighbors said, when asked, that all seemed normal in the afternoon on the block, other than a suspicious four, red Ford door sedan that was parked outside of the Stennett home. 
If it was suspicious, why didn't you call authorities? <laughs> this is a big, giant tale of like, nobody doing anything. Come to think of it, there was a suspicious vehicle well, that you know, I didn't I did find that like, strange. tell anyone about. Yeah. yeah, I did find that strange. When Bobby Joe's mother entered the home, she was met with a horrific scene. Her daughter was lying dead on the floor. Blood covered every inch of the home. The blood was fresh, and it appeared that the crime had just occurred. Bobby Joe's mother immediately called the police, describing the state as of her daughter as it, quote, looked like her stomach had exploded, end quote. Which is a horrific thing for a mother to have to utter. A, a horrific thing for anyone to see. This is a mother and she's looking at her daughter like this. That straight up makes me nauseous. That is so sick. EMTs worked on Bobby Joe as they rushed her to the hospital, but unfortunately she was pronounced deceased upon arrival at the hospital. <sighs> at about 5.15, Lisa called her husband Kevin to announce that she had given birth to their first child together. She was a healthy baby girl named Abigail. Lisa had another surprise for Kevin. She had stated that she actually decided to make a 175-mile shopping trip to Topeka when all of a sudden Lisa went into labor, hmm. which is interesting. So you know you're getting close to labor, and you just decide to take a multiple-hour-long trip? 175 miles to Topeka. Okay. And which is where Bobby Joe lives. Oh, oh okay. So you're literally placing yourself in the You're literally, pl- yeah. You're like, oh, I was just out shopping, and I just... Whoop, also, my name's Darlene, and I went to also, pick up a puppy. And I, don't <laughs> have this the, I don't have the puppy, but I do have a baby. Oh, my gosh. She drove to a nearby clinic where she delivered the baby, is what she told Kevin. And she's just heading home with the child mere hours later? Well, now she's feeling weak after birth, so Lisa asked Kevin to come pick her up and their new baby girl from Topeka. Kevin obliged. However, Lisa asked Kevin to pick her up from the Long John Silvers down the street from the clinic, not at the actual clinic. You know, where she gave birth. Like, literally just a little bit ago. Should be a bit old LJS. Yeah. Is this chick just must just be like... hunkering for some fried <laughs> fish. <laughs> for fried fish. I couldn't wait. Kevin brought a friend with him as Lisa's red Corolla needed to be driven back as well. Hmm. Four-door sedan. Mm. You don't see. Mm. Once in town, Lisa suggested that they go to a local diner. Here at the diner, Lisa and Kevin began showing off baby Abigail. They were shocked when they were told that the baby was only a day old, given the state of her mother, Lisa, and that it's typically unusual for parents to bring their day-old or less than a day-old baby out to a busy diner. That's just something that does not happen. Because you're not allowed to leave the hospital. Well, not only that, but immunities. No, yeah. You have to, like, slowly introduce your baby. Like, it's like, oh, that baby's, like... A super fresh baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, where did you get that baby? Yeah, no, for real. Oh, my God. And you're standing over here, just munching along? Just munching along on your Long John Silvers that you brought to the diner. <laughs> Many in the community were also shocked at the presence of the baby, as a lot of people didn't even believe that Lisa was pregnant in the first place. Weird. They're like, seriously, no, where did you get that baby? No, like, seriously. <sighs> Back at the Sten at home, police were processing the crime scene. It appears that Bobby Joe had been strangled to death, her infant daughter cut from her stomach with a kitchen knife from oh the couple's God. own home. That is so fucking dangerous. I mean, obviously she's deceased, but like for the baby too. Yeah. Like, that is so scary. An Amber Alert was put out for newborn Victoria Joe Stennett. 
Police also looked into the Senate computer logs as Zeb told investigators that Bobby Joe was expecting a woman to come by to purchase a puppy sometime Mm -hmm. that day. Duh. Hoping this was a potential witness for a timeline, investigators find the address of Darlene Fisher and head to Melvern, Kansas to speak with her. So they got her, like, IP address and everything, and they're just like, oh, this is Darlene. Let's go find... And they're thinking... We'll go speak with her. Maybe, you know, if she got the puppy or didn't get the puppy, you know, what time did she come around the house? Did she see anything suspicious? Yeah, for sure. She's a witness. Yeah, exactly. Potential witness. When investigators pull up, they see a red Corolla parked in the driveway. Mm, Suspicious red sedan. This was all investigators needed to feel confident and that their suspect was located inside. Police gained access to the home where they found Lisa holding baby Victoria Joe in her arms as they were watching TV. Just fucking hanging She's out. She's just hanging out with Also, the she put her real address? What a dumbass. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Sorry. She didn't put her address. She, it's an oh, IP. email. Yeah. They, Got it. They tracked, they tracked where it came from. I thought you were saying that, like, Darlene left, like, contact info with Baba Joe. You know? <laughs> She's like, She's oh, like, yeah, this is my description, too. Yeah, like, this is here's exactly my phone number. Like. She's like, this is definitely Lisa's phone number. But this okay. is my mother's maiden name. Although she's a bitch, don't contact her. Lisa was taken in without incident, and baby Victoria Joe was recovered safely, soon reunited with her father, Zeb. And she, once she was cleared, they took her to the hospital, yeah. and she was totally fine. She was happy and healthy. Good. Well, I don't know about happy, but she was healthy. Further investigation of Lisa's computer found searches such as, quote, at-home cesarean, end quote, and, quote, birthing kits, end quote. Oh, my God. Many people online on the dog forum reported Lisa when she had shared a photo of little Victoria Joe on the forum. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, they know that Bobby Joe is pregnant and that Lisa was likely not, and this concerned others on the forum. So they had actually, during this whole time, had also reported. Oh, wow. Well, those are, like, the best people in this fucking story. Are the, are the dog, the dog forum, forum people. people. I know. <laughs> and Bobby Joe and Zeb. Like, yeah, of course. It's just awful. All these other terrible, terrible people were, like surrounding Lisa, but then there's this other... It's like good versus evil, which sounds crazy. Yeah. Because it's... We're clearly talking about a mental disorder here, but, Mm -hmm. you know... What's up with Kevin, though? Like, does he really believe that she was actually pregnant? And she just had... Like, her... Does he believe her story? He believed her, yeah. He had believed her. I mean, there are, in very rare cases, pregnancies that you don't show at all. Yeah. But still. Yeah. Like, she had... Like I said, she was buying maternity clothes. She had gained the weight... And I don't think Kevin had had any kids at this point, so maybe he's just like, I, I don't know. I yeah. don't know the process, you know? Ugh. So, of course, the online forum, their instincts were right. Good on you guys. At first, during an interrogation, Lisa tried to claim that the baby was hers. However, police were unable to obtain records at the clinic Lisa claimed to have birthed the baby. And furthermore, proving that, the clinic had said that there was no records of any baby girls being born on that day. <laughs> Furthermore, Bobby Joe clung onto a few blonde hairs after her attack. Whoa. Later determined to be Lisa Montgomery's. After 18 hours of interviewing, mostly with psychologists, Lisa had admitted to killing Bobby Joe. After playing with some of the puppies, Lisa strangled eight-month pregnant Bobby Joe and then removed Victoria Joe from her mother. Lisa hopped into her car where she clamped the umbilical cord and wiped the baby down with baby wipes. Trying to come up with a plan, Lisa dumped her own car near the hospital and walked to the Long John Silver's across the street. Montgomery was arrested for the crime of kidnapping, resulting in death. Well, I was going to ask if she, if Bobby Joe ultimately passed on while this was happening, or, 
Like, if Lisa actually meant to go kill her and then do it, or if she just meant to take the baby. But obviously, you said she strangled her first. Yeah, she did strangle her. So she, her plan was to kill her and then take her baby, not just take the baby. Right. Montgomery pleaded not guilty and was formally diagnosed with depression, borderline personality disorder, and post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. While having suffered all the brain damage from years of abuse. The diagnosis of pseudocysis was also introduced, but was highly debated. According to the National Library of Medicine, pseudocysis, pseudocysis, yeah, I said it right the first time, pseudocysis (laughs) is a condition in which the patient has all the signs or symptoms of a pregnancy, except for the confirmation of a presence of a fetus. Oh, yeah. So you believe, you know, you believe it. You can really trick yourself into, like, having symptoms. In the case of pseudocysis, i.e. phantom pregnancy, there is an ad- abdominal distension, enlargement of the breasts, enhanced pigmentation, cessation of menses, morning sickness and vomiting, typical lordic posture on walking, inverted umbilicus, increased appetite and weight gain. So that's, that's so wild the di- <laughs> that, that that's can happen. That diagnosis. Some said that Montgomery did experience these symptoms, while others claimed that she never complained about pregnancy symptoms at all. Mm -hmm. So that's why it was highly debated. The jury was unable to hear most of Montgomery's traumatic past, resulting in limiting the jury's understanding of what could have contributed to Montgomery's mental state. Why were they, why were they not allowed to hear that? I, maybe because so much time had passed. I'm thinking maybe, like, her being a child and being abused then versus her becoming an adult and... You know, maybe they could have said, because she moved away from the family, she wasn't living with the mother anymore, that you know how people can be. Yeah, but there's <laughs> also the the thing of um, your fucking childhood shapes who you are as an yeah. adult. Oh, so, no, absolutely. <laughs> like, it doesn't fucking matter how long it's been. Yeah. It fucking happened, and it changed the course of her life. Prosecution totally could have said, you know, well, she hasn't been living with her mother since she was 18 years old, so... You know, she's had all this time in the world to figure that out. It's, that, that has nothing to do with, you know... Yeah, she her brain not. wasn't permanently underdeveloped or anything. Right. Cool. Because of fetal alcohol syndrome. Yeah. Because Alone. she was fucking yeah. abused. Oh, and you remember, remember when she left her mother's house at 18 because she was forced to marry her fucking stepbrother? Remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. I do. Yeah. It's I fucking that. wild. That was just a little bit ago. <laughs> no, I'm talking to the prosecutor. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. God. Even with her multiple diagnosis, Montgomery was found guilty on October 22nd, 2007, of kidnapping resulting in death. Damn. Both life imprisonment and death penalty was presented to the jury, and the jury unanimously decided that Lisa Montgomery was to be sentenced to death by lethal injection. Oh my gosh. Montgomery's abuse was only fully understood after the trial was over. She immediately began to attempt to appeal, and many people chose to advocate for Montgomery once they realized the magnitude of the abuse she had experienced and the lack of help that she received over the years. Like, not saying that she doesn't deserve to be locked up, but look at what fucking caused this. Like, it's her look at it. She needs to be institutionalized. She does. She, yeah, I would say, I mean, she definitely deserves something. She's she's clearly not been able to, to have... Again, it's another case and when she can't have control over her own body of course again (sighs) many people along montgomery's life chose not to do something even when they knew that the abuse was taking place Mm -hmm. montgomery's supported supporters included her sister diane who wrote to president trump in 2020 about montgomery's abuse wild 
It was about her abuse, her mental disorders, and lack of treatment or intervention, asking for Montgomery's death sentence to be overturned or reduced or reduce her sentence to life, pushing for Lisa Montgomery to receive psychiatric treatment for the remainder of her time incarcerated. I completely agree. Some of this letter reads, quote, We know from firsthand experience that these crimes are inevitably the product of a serious mental illness. Women who commit such crimes also are likely to have been victimized themselves. These are important factors that make death sentences inappropriate. We therefore urge you to commute the death sentence of Lisa Montgomery, a mentally ill and brutally traumatized woman, end quote. The letter would continue, quote, Lisa's experiences as a victim of horrific sexual violence, physical abuse, and being trafficked as a child do not excuse her crime, but her history provides us with an important explanation that would influence any sentencing recommendation we made as prosecutors. Our experience prosecuting human traffickers and those who commit sex crimes against children has given us a unique understanding of the profound physical and psychological harm that victims like Lisa suffer. We view this kind of evidence as critically relevant to determining the appropriate punishment for a serious crime, end quote. I could not have said it better myself. Because exactly what that says is, like, had the jury known all of this other shit, they most likely would not have sentenced her to death. Not to death, yeah. I mean, of course, maybe, maybe life. to life, but right. not to death. I don't think. I don't, that's my opinion. Yeah. I don't think. So just to be clear, this was, like, taken from that letter mm-hmm. of uh, the, to Donald Trump, but it was also to... Uh, it was Diane uh, Montgomery's sister, and then, uh, like, prosecutors, defense attorneys, mm-hmm. advocates, everybody, you know, medical professionals, um, psychological professionals, stuff like that. Okay. So that's why that second one, it was like, it says, us as prosecutors. Yeah, so, I, was, mm-hmm. I was thinking that too. I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> this request was met with silence, and Lisa Montgomery was executed on January 13th, 2021. When asked if she had any last words, she simply replied, no. Lisa Montgomery was the only federal inmate on death row at the time of her execution and was the, was the first woman federally executed in 67 years. Only three women in total have been executed by federal government in our history. Mary Surratt, who helped conspire the assassination of Abraham Lincoln oh, in 1865, Ethel Rosenberg, who spied on the U.S. government and gave Soviets war secrets in 1953, and Bonnie Heady Hall, who had murdered six-year-old Robert Greenlease in a botched kidnapping for ransom, also in 1953. Damn. So that's only four women that have ever been executed federally, one of which was Lisa Montgomery, with all of that mental illness. That's awful, honestly. I don't think that any justice was served by killing her. That's, again, my opinion. I feel like if she had gotten psychiatric help, it's very likely that she might not have committed another murder. I think that if she had gotten... Well, she should have gotten psychiatric help from the beginning. Well, what Mm -hmm. really should have happened is that she shouldn't have fucking been through, like, hell and back. Yeah. But at 18, whenever she was able to leave the house, she should have gotten psychiatric help. But she was in no position to seek that for herself. No, yeah. Again, she was taught at a very young age that her body was not hers. She was married to Carl. Choices were not her own. Yeah. Some say that because the government was in a lame duck period, waiting for Trump to leave office and Biden to come into office, it was overlooked. Kind of makes sense. I think in between that lame duck period, is what they call it, lame duck, um, I think three people were executed (sighs) on death row. All of which were trying to be appealed for turnover. God, that's awful. Jack Kleiner, Lisa Montgomery's stepfather, passed away in 2009 at age 77. Too good for him. Mm Mm-hmm. Straight up too good for him. 
And in a strange twist, in 2019, Lisa Montgomery's brother, Teddy Kleiner, was killed in what seemed like a random event. What? He was found with multiple gunshot wounds deceased at the scene, and the case is considered an open investigation still. Oh my gosh. Like, they don't know what happened. They don't know if it was, like, a road rage or if it was a... Yeah. Wow. Isn't that nuts? That is wild. That's the story of Lisa Montgomery. Dang, that was an intense one. It's a lot. It's a lot, especially from the beginning. Like, and I'll as soon as you said that she met Bobby Joe and that she said that they were both pregnant, I knew where it was going, mm-hmm. but it was still really hard to hear. Yeah, that's a that's a gnarly case, and I didn't I had never heard about that. The name sounded familiar, but never heard about that, and that's so awful because like every single thing in this story could have been prevented. Yeah, I agree. If if you know, one more person stood up and said something. Clearly, they talked about it with the Child Protective Services in Diane's case. Yeah. But Diane was, you know, she was eight, I think, when she was removed, and she went on to lead a healthy, fulfilling life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, things, Same thing could have happened for Lisa. Yeah, processes are there in place for a reason. Like, this That's happened to so this eight-year-old, why wouldn't it happen to a four-year-old? Yeah, exactly. I mean, she's going to be eight in four years, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So well, what do you do see then? I mean, yeah. it's so screwed up. What we always say is if you, well, if you see something, say something. But if you know something, say something. Like, mm-hmm. it's never too late to help somebody. Yeah. Like, you could very well be saving a life, like, in the mm-hmm. future. And even if it's documentation, like, it's you call, you know, and report suspected abuse of a child. And it, it turns out that they can't really do anything about it or something. Well, that's on record. Yeah. And so many occurrences, they're like, okay, there's a pattern here. Something's going Something's on. Something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Well, dang, that was a doozy to bring on our first episode back in a couple sure. weeks. So just a quick share. The National Domestic Violence Hotline can be reached at 1-800-799-7233. Once again, that's 1-800-799-723. If you or a loved one are in immediate danger... Call 911. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you guys for joining us for another case. And like I said earlier, I am going to now announce who I am doing for my Patreon episode. <gasps> who is it? it? For this month, I have decided to bring a case that is Russian. Okay. And the person we are going to be talking about is Alexander Pichushkin, a.k.a. the chessboard killer. What? So we're going to be talking about the chessboard killer. Never Make sure. You tune in to the Patreon to get access on that. Again, that is on the 29th of every month, which means it'll be coming out a day after this episode releases, and that is only available for our exclusive Tier 2 and 3 Patreon members. Patrons. Patrons. Oh my gosh, I'm excited. We love you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. Featured in Vogue, Forbes, and more, Alariz has the most beautiful and expertly crafted diamond jewelry for that special someone in your life. From engagement rings, pendants, and earrings, you're sure to find the perfect gift that expresses exactly how you feel. Click the link in the show notes to receive $10 off all orders plus free shipping. Alariz, fitting all your jewelry needs from A to Z.